podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Guess what, everyone? La Liga is back in two weeks' time. Patreon.com forward slash TSFP is the place for weekly Q&A and bonus pods, our latest TSFP Presents series top fives, Al's paper reviews, and the TSFP Discord. How about giving the gift of pod to the Spanish football fan in your life this Christmas? We're now offering annual TSFP memberships. If you pledge for a year up front, you get a 10% discount. Existing patrons can switch to an annual plan too. Sounds good. Come and join us at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday podcast here on TSFP. We are, as I'm sure many of you will notice, recording on Tuesday, 24 hours later than normal. 24 very, very busy hours for Sydney. He's been really under the cosh in Qatar, which is why we are a little bit late. But uh, but there we go. We're here. Better late than never. Hello, Sydney. Good morning, Philip, and apologies for, for, for not being uh, more available yesterday, or indeed at all available yesterday, by the end of the day. God, dear me. Anyway. By the time you sent us that message saying, please don't make me do a podcast at about <laughs> six o'clock in the evening, having been keeping us updated with your potential availability, we realised that it was, it was not going to be good for anybody uh, to do a podcast. And I wasn't finished still at that point yes. either. That six o'clock in the evening, your time, it was sort of eight, eight, fifteen, nine. Yeah, I, I, I finished about ten. Uh, having started at about eight, so it was, uh, it was, uh, and it's not entirely finished even now. But anyway, anyway, enough we do, whinging. We digress. Uh, there is much for us to uh, discuss, and actually, the fact that you uh, uh, made us record today meant that we can talk for the last time ever. We think about <laughs> Luis Enrique going on Twitch, but we'll uh, we'll do that in uh, in just a second. It was actually quite an important day uh, for Spain yesterday for the Spanish national team and the federation because Luis de la Fuente was unveiled as Spain's new coach officially yesterday. He had his uh, had his presentation. Uh, I think you touched on de la Fuente's appointment last week, and essentially it's a little bit uh, a little bit underwhelming. But have you got any more sort of Thoughts after a few days' reflection on Luis de la Fuente taking over from Luis Enrique? Well, I mean, only, only really in the context of the reaction to it. So, so with apologies, I'm going to give you a reaction to the reaction, if you see what I mean. But I think that has a certain degree of significance because, as we know, and this isn't just the case in Spain, but it very much is the case in Spain, the, if you like, the surroundings to a national team uh, are significant. The way that people respond to a national team is significant. That can condition the environment around the team, the way that players feel about it um, and, and, and how Spain's fans um, engage with it. And I think one of the things that's happened, and look, first of all, part of this is natural because I think when there's a new manager, there's always the beginnings of a degree of goodwill in the sense of, you know, let's hope it goes well. And of course, at that point, no one's lost. And at that point, no one's pissed anyone off. So at that point, there's a, it's easy to kind of go, oh, well, this is a new beginning. This might be nice and so on. But I think what we've seen, and, and look, I will put this caveat, caveat in at the start and say, when I say the phrase, this is what we've seen, I've not seen a huge amount, of course, because I've been so kind of encased in, in the World Cup. But, but of course, I've been following this and I've been talking to Spanish colleagues here about it. And we've, you know, been aware of it. But the, I think what we've seen is, a willingness to embrace Luis de la Fuente, in part because he's not Luis Enrique. 
in part because he's been willing he, to... Em- he's sort of the opposite. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. In yeah. part because he's willing to embrace them back. So, you know, even things as simple as the fact that he went on El Larguero last night, um, that he's seen as approachable, that the journalists here like him. Now, one of the reasons, of course, why the journalists here have, have liked him is because he has been open and because he has been the under-21 coach where there isn't the same degree of pressure. There aren't the same degree of demands. So he's been someone that's been available for people and that that has built relationships. And and I genuinely think that while this might sound like a very much a meta conversation from a journalist and it's all about us and I do think there's a risk at times of that, but that does condition the sort of the environment around the, the coach. And so I think there is a sense of, if you like, a return to normality from a media point of view which may um, then kind of filter into the, the, if you like, the group dynamics. But I think we have to be very careful with making the assumption that that means that there were problems within the group dynamics of Luis Enrique. There isn't really an obvious sense of that. I think the problems were coming from the outside and trying to penetrate in, or from the inside trying to penetrate outwards rather than internally amongst themselves. But I do think it's in terms of the approach, you know, we're seeing... what do you call it in English? A more pausado, a sort of a calmer man. Uh, we're seeing someone who is perhaps a little bit more old school in some ways, uh, and obviously a, a just an older man in, in general. Uh, very, very, very straight, but but not kind of pugnacious. Um, quite clear, but again, not in a. How would I say it? Not in a not in a kind of this is me sort of way. Um, and, and so, look, the early signs from that are that the environment, at least, will be calmer to start with. But, of course, that only lasts for as long as the results do. And, and, and we've talked about this in analysing Luis Enrique, that, that, you know, there is a bottom line, which is how good are your players? Um, what can genuinely be expected of you? How far do you think this team can go? What happens? And obviously what happens now, everyone's looking at whether the different players will come in. And, of course, the focus then becomes, for example, Sergio Ramos again. Um, but yeah, that my, my, my initial response, insofar as different from the very first response, is just that, is that this has confirmed to us that in terms of the, the entorno, as we always call it here, that kind of entourage, the swirl of noise around it, this is a step back. Uh, he was actually quite pugnacious uh, yesterday in his, well, combative, maybe is the right word, yes, in his uh, yes. uh, press conference, uh, De La Fuente, when he was asked about his perceived lack of experience... I mean, I say perceived. I mean, he doesn't have any top flight experience. But he said, I was a player for 15 years. I won trophies. I was an international at youth level. I've been with the Federation for 10 years. I've worked with 16 of the players at the World Cup. If anyone knows the present and future of Spanish football, it's me. Is that convincing? Does that convince you? Well, it's true up to a point. Um, and and well, no, it's, it's true entirely in the terms that he presents. <laughs> yes, it, I mean those are right. Facts. So, but that, that's yeah. a slightly different thing. Yeah, in, in terms of how he presents it, it's entirely true. Um, he has worked with a lot of these players. He does know the federation. We mentioned the other day that that there's a certain parallel here with what happened with Julian Lopetegui. Now, Julian had coached at Porto, and I think he coached at Rio Vallecano at that point. But he was he was very definitely seen as a promotion with, from within in the federation terms. You know, like someone who'd been with the under twenty ones. Uh, someone who'd actually worked as, as academy director at Real Madrid and knew a lot of the young players. And it was definitely seen as a kind of a continuity um, appointment. And this, I think, has certain parallels to that. But then Julian did have that experience with Porto, uh, more so than, than the time at Rye, which was also quite brief. Um, and so Lucy Fuente is quite right in saying that. Is the dy- are the dynamics of the Spanish national team at senior level the same as at youth level? Well, if you know some of the players, then up to a point it can be. But one of the things that will be different is this kind of surroundings with him, which is another reason to, to say that I think it's important 
at least to begin with, and let's see how long this lasts, that he has people within the media on his side, because I think that will reduce some of the pressure on him. Um, I don't think it will eradicate it, but it will reduce it. Uh, I think that there will be those doubts about the kind of pressures that come at the very highest level that he hasn't really encountered. But then, you know, he would be right to argue, or at least maybe not right, but justified to argue, and say, look, no, it's not about that. It's about me constructing a team, creating an environment which I've proven I can do with these very players and taking it from there. Which, of course, poses that question, is, is it's the name that keeps recurring with Sergio Ramos. If this is a man that's looking at it from a future point of view, from the players that he's brought through, from the idea that he's worked with 16 of them because they've been youth team players, of course, Ramos isn't one of them. And so I just wonder if in terms of the evolution towards this is about bringing young generation through, actually Ramos doesn't fit that. But that's the thing that he's going to find the media most interested in. And that's where the pressure's going to come, I think. God, it's boring, isn't it, to be talking about Sergio Ramos? It is, yeah, it really is. No, I I totally, totally, and and I I, I almost sort of regret myself even raising it. But, of course, it's, it's it's the recurring theme, or one of the recurring themes, isn't it? Sadly, it is. It really is. I mean, and actually, me and, you, me and you did this as well, didn't we? What was it, a week ago? Was it after the Germany game or was it after the Japan game? Uh, and we did sort of say, you look at those centre-backs and you think, you yes. know what, maybe yeah, no, we would no, have no. taken him. I, I mean, I literally did, did say that and uh, prefaced it by saying, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to bring to this, this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it did happen. Anyway, so Spain's next games are uh, Euro qualifiers against Norway and Scotland... Uh, in uh, in March, it's at the end of March. So let's see. It just feels like another world away. That yeah, completely, completely, completely. Let's see uh, how uh, how he gets on. So he is the present now, Luis de la Fuente, and Luis Enrique Martinez is the past. He didn't hold a farewell press conference, and he doesn't give interviews to the media. But he did go on Ibai Llanos's Twitch last night. Ibai is Spain's top streamer is probably the most famous man in Spain uh, basically yeah. and just before we get to some of the highlights from from the two hours of streaming last night you not necessarily agreeing with the fact that he didn't hold a, a farewell press conference you would have liked yeah. to have seen one I, I, I mean I say this as uh, you know first of all I say this as someone who hasn't seen last night's thing I've not had the chance to see last night's thing so I'm, I'm very much in your hands in terms of in terms of what was said and interpreting that but I think that and, and I also say this as someone as I think our listeners will know who has defended Luis Enrique's right to choose which media he talk, talks to and that includes new media that includes Twitch it includes Ibai rather than say El País or Telefink or TV Television Español or whatever I have absolutely been behind his right to do streaming during the World Cup. And in fact, I found it very amusing. And, and I think actually the media slightly missed the point when it jumped up and down and got upset about it. And I said, but, but you're being given enormous amounts of material. It's true it might not be the material you want. It's true that there is actually, and there genuinely is, a contradiction in Luis Enrique's um, uh, approach in the sense that he... I think some of the things that he raised on, on Twitch, it's probably true. And some of the things he talked about, it's probably true that if, if a traditional journalist, to put it that way, had raised it in a press conference, he'd have, he'd have looked at them as if like, what the bloody hell are you doing? You know, why are you asking that? And I think that is true. Um, and, and, but I've been fundamentally in favour of it. And I'm absolutely in favour of Luis Enrique doing his, effectively his goodbye interview um, any way he wants. And that, that's entirely up to him. That said, and, and here comes the big caveat where, where you know, everything before the butt is bullshit, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he did actually, uh, one more caveat before I go on to it, he did actually speak to the media post-game 
on his last game. You know, he spoke to Televisión Española, who had the rights to the game. He spoke in, in this kind of radio flash zone. And, and this is one of the things that always amazes me, that the radios complain so much. They have been treated exceptionally well by the Spanish Federation. Exceptionally well. And they get an access to the manager and a handful of players post-game that no other federation does. And, 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 and I've, I've been struck by how much they've complained. I think, you know, you're, getting, you're being treated um, really quite well, in, in my view at least. Um, and so he has spoken to them but I do feel a little bit like I slightly share some of the criticisms they have in the sense that this is the national team manager this is at at the risk of sounding very jumped up and I risk I'm going to sound very jumped up here this is a kind of a post of of social significance within Spain right this is a this is important this is the Spanish national team to use their own cliche and it belongs to everybody Mm -hmm. Um, now obviously everybody can watch Twitch so in that sense I think it's fine Mm -hmm. but there is a bit of me that feels would it not be a bit more democratic if it was a press conference with everybody there would it would it not be a feel a bit more accessible or or am I falling into the trap of being meta media here because this does get to everyone, and this is one of the things that the traditional media forgets. This does get to everyone, and that's what it's really about. Everyone gets to see it. I think Luis Enrique has been treated during this World Cup appallingly, yes, appallingly I agree by the traditional that's, media. And I'm yeah. completely understanding as to why he may not want to face them for one final time. If you want to just go over some of the things that have happened during yeah. this World Cup... There was, on a radio show, a presenter who manipulated a piece of audio to make it sound like Luis Enrique said something in a context which he didn't. He edited the audio to make it sound like that, to make him sound bad. A very famous radio presenter on a very famous radio station who is still in his job, by the way, and nothing happened. And that was sort of in his job, Phil. I'm going I'm okay. to slightly defend. I'm going to slightly defend the director of that show. Is the director the right word? Anyway, the guy who runs that show. The reporter who did this, who did this manipulation, has not gone back to that show. They haven't sacked him on a company level, and I'm, assur- I'm assuming there's some legal element to that. But his presenter has basically said he's not coming back, not having him on my show anymore. Um, but anyway, right. yes, that's, that's mean, sort of by the by. That's, that's just one the thing. There was, there, was, there, was, there was another presenter who, who said, oh, well, you know, basically said Luis Enrique should be grateful of the fact that the press didn't bring up his dead nine-year-old That daughter. was horrendous. That was absolutely That horrendous. was said with a straight face yeah. during a radio debate there are other things yeah. I mean there was one presenter who went on a fury froth filled rant for about three minutes about Luis Enrique making the team play in red all red red shorts yes. he wore I mean this is by the way someone, these, I, I, can I point something out here go on all three all three examples you've given on the same, are the same radio, radio station. station yeah they are, they are. They are. And, and, and this is this is one thing that that, that I mean, look, our listeners are probably bored to tears of, of us even discussing this like this because, again, I, I'm, I'm very conscious of the risk of being a bit meta about the media, a bit enclosed in the media. These are parts of the media. It's not all of the media. And, and, and that's the problem. Um, and, and it's a problem. This is one of the reasons why people often say in Spain, don't they? They use this great word that you, you've got to be a bit more corporatist. You know, you shouldn't attack other media. I think no, because the best way to defend the media is to attack the media that, defends, that behaves badly. Yes, because because this reflects badly on all of us, and so if you if you as a member of the media says I'm not going to slag this guy off because he's in the media and we're all journalists, actually no, because the slagging off starts with him or or her in some cases being a twat basically. <laughs> so I I mean I just wanted to you know suggest why yes I think you're right I think do that even oh, if, no no if, absolutely if, if, if I accept and this goes back saying, to how I but you know yeah yeah 
And this, no, no, absolutely right. And I completely agree with you. And this goes back to where I, where I started by saying, you know, I can see why this is. And, and I think it's right. And I think one of the things that we miss as journalists, because often, often what happens, right, is that journalists defend themselves in the debates and, uh, in Spain and say, but you see, we're just, the, we're just the, 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 the opportunity for them to reach his public. Well, if that's the case, don't worry about it because he's reaching his public. <laughs> he certainly is. And, and there, was another, there was a nice one on, on, um, on a different radio station. So I'm going to mention it because it's a different radio station. Uh, and it was on Cardena Ser, and one of them was saying, one of them was saying something like, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, someone had defended Luis Enrique, because in fairness, in these debates, there are some journalists defending Luis Enrique as well. And one of them said, well, he just wants to do it like this because it's, it's reaching his public without filters. And one of the other journalists says, he hasn't got any filters. I go to the press conference and I ask him a question and he answers it and that people hear that answer. And it's like, no, no, you are quite literally the filter there. You know, you're, you're, you are quite literally the person who asked the question and therefore the question is filtered and what we're approaching is filtered. And then the answer comes to your radio station through you because we don't put the entire press conference out on the show that night. You put out the best clips, the best bits he said. And, and of course we all do that. And that's the job of the media in part is to choose which bits we think are significant, which bits we think are interesting. And we all do this and it's not necessarily done in a manipulative or, or, or cynical way. But of course you go no. to a press conference. Imagine I go to a press conference tomorrow, right? And you say to me, let's say for argument's sake, Leonardo Scaloni press conference, what did he say? When I tell you what he said, I'm not telling you everything. I'm telling you things that I thought were interesting. Now, sometimes that is coloured by my biases or by my interests. Or, well, in fact, it always is up to a point. The question, yes. of course, is whether you're yeah. doing that in a cynical way or just a way of, mm. oh, that was the interesting bit. Mm. Okay, well, we've taken it quite deep, I think, but um, yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, sorry, more than I intended to. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, but let's actually... Let's Tell actually me what you actually said, Phil, yeah. And now so we can some... filter. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to filter because there was two hours of yeah. it, and a lot of it was just sort of quite quite jokey stuff with the... Uh, with Ibai, uh, but some of the interesting things on his future, he said, I'm in a moment of my career where I feel ready to take over a club. You can work in more detail and with more precision than with a national team. Unless anything very big or interesting comes up, I'll wait until next season. Yeah. Now, Atletico Madrid, do we see it happening? Uh, I don't think it's impossible, but my my very strong feeling is that if the opportunity arises, Luis Enrique's next stop is England. Um, but yeah, Atletico Madrid would, would, I think, feel on the face of it to be a very, very good fit. Um, because you've got a good quality squad, but you've also got a squad that maybe wants a different approach to management that wants a, a slight shift, a slight um, change in, in, in how they do things, but maybe not so much of a dramatic change that, that it's a problem. You've got a club that at various levels, and I mean that at board level, at player level, and amongst some fans, but I, I don't think we should exaggerate how many fans want a change in style, wants a sort of a different approach, wants them to have the ball a bit more, wants them to use that great Spanish phrase, to be protagonists a bit more. And Luis Enrique, I think, would bring that. So I think in many ways he's a natural fit. I think the other candidate there, by the way, would be Marcelino. I think he's, he's someone that Atletico Madrid are looking at. But obviously all of this depends on Simeone. We don't know for sure that Simeone walks away. We don't. We don't. By the way, we didn't even mention Marcelino today. Uh, but um, I, I don't know if you mentioned him last week at all, but he was certainly... He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was certainly um, very disappointed not to have got this Spain job. Let's put it like yes. that. Yeah. yeah. He uh, was the only candidate, apart was, from Luis yeah. La Fuente. Yeah. yeah, 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 literally. And he had rejected other clubs. But uh, there we go. It's, uh, it's football. Let's see where Luis Enrique ends up in terms of um, his next job in club management, which is where it's going to be. He also said something interesting about his regrets on the World Cup. He said, 
I think of sh- I should have given more minutes to Pablo Sarabia. We might have lost anyway, but he deserved to play more, which is which is an interesting one. I mean, obviously he's the one who sees the players train day in, day out, and who knows them much better than us. But if I was I was going to pick someone from the squad to suggest that, ah, oh, you know, I really wish he'd given him more minutes. I don't know if Pablo Sarabia would have been the one, but he was certainly a, a, a Luis Enrique soldier, and he was um, disappointed not. Do to you know? Do you know what my feeling more. on this is? My, my feeling on this, and this is interpretive, and this isn't based on the information, is that actually this is just Luis Enrique saying it because of how it ended for Pablo Sarabia. You know, I think if Pablo Sarabia doesn't yeah, hit the maybe. post in the last minute and misses penalty, I don't think Luis Enrique says this. I think he says it about two or three players. He says, yeah, I'm sorry that so-and-so didn't play. I'm sorry that so-and-so didn't play. I would have liked to give him minutes because he, he'd done that discourse the day before. Mm. He had done that discourse in the press conference the day before. He said, he said, I feel bad. The one thing I feel bad about is there are players here who won't play and I'm really sorry. And that's the way it is. And I've told them that. I, I feel like this was really not so much about Sarabia would have been a great player as I feel bad because of how it ended for him. And I wish he'd played more. And I wish I hadn't just put him on the pitch for two minutes and for his two minutes to be quite so disastrous. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Um, he also says, I'd take 25 of the 26. There's one that I wouldn't take, which, <laughs> which is almost typical Luis Enrique, because obviously it's got everybody in the media and not in the media trying to guess who that one player was. And he was quite clear. Right. He sort of clarified it because it, he said it wasn't about attitude. It wasn't about attitude. It was about how he saw him and his sort of performance in training. He said it he was, he, he's a great guy and a great footballer but I expected more from him and I didn't see that so mm. <laughs> well look can I, can I say can I go back to the slightly meta discussion of earlier please if the media was just kind of basically speculating about one player who shouldn't have been there and, and just basically this is why I'm refusing now by the way to get involved in who this player might be right for this very reason if the media was just basically speculating about which player had let Luis Enrique down, which player wasn't very good, and it wasn't based on anything, you can bet your life that Luis Enrique would think the media were behaving badly. He has set them up to do this now. And I do think that's, yeah. I do think that's bad. I, I really do, because he knows that as soon as he says this. Now, admittedly, it might have slipped out. He might not have intended to say it. He might have been trying to make a point that was significant. And I like the fact that a manager is clear about this. Although it's not that clear if you don't yeah. say who it is. Um, he yeah. knows that this now gives rise to speculation. And now he's effectively inviting us to speculate, slightly unpleasantly, it may be, yeah. about one of his players. And about one of his players. And I don't yeah. know, I just... I, I feel a bit bad about that. I feel, I feel quite uneasy yeah. about that. And, and for what it's worth, I have a very, very clear idea in my mind over who it is. Uh, in fact, we'd said earlier in the podcast, earlier in the tournament, I'd said who I thought it was, even then, and I don't know if, I don't know if it is, and I'm not going to get involved in speculation for exactly that reason, but I just, I just sort of feel like this actually isn't a particularly good way to do it. And if yeah. you are that player, or even if you think you might be that player, what does that do to you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you reckon it was Ansu? I'm uh, refusing to speculate. <laughs> I'm just being silly. Uh, yeah, okay, we won't get into speculation, but everybody will be speculating furiously. And you're right, actually, I hadn't really thought about that. That is maybe, it's not the nicest thing to do, actually, from, uh, from Luis Enrique. Maybe uh, maybe he could have done, done it in a different way. And look, all of this that we're saying today, by the way, is, comes from me, who's, who's largely a defender of Luis Enrique, largely loves the way that he, he behaves. I think Absolutely. he's a brilliant manager. And, yeah. and, and yet some of these little things, I've just been like, I'm not sure that was the way to go. But as you've rightly pointed out, I can understand a lot of it. Absolutely. Yes. Sid, I can't help but notice that you're 
you're still in Qatar. Yeah. Are you are, are you ever, are you ever coming back? Do you know what I'm I'm now when, on my when own. When are you coming back? This 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 three person flat is uh, is now I've now got my a free run of free bedrooms, free bathrooms. I can do whatever I want in this flat now. Wow. Which uh, I was speculating before we started recording that I might sublet the rooms to a load of Argentinian fans and try and make a fortune between now <laughs> and the final. <laughs> you could make an uh, absolute fortune if you, if you were to do that, but maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but if, I, I'm not that way inclined. If yeah. they get to the final, my word, there's going to be a lot of Argentines in, uh, in Qatar. You were at... Uh, some of the uh, incredible uh, quarterfinals that we saw. Uh, you were at Argentina against uh, Netherlands. Is that? I mean, it's one of the great, uh, one of the great World Cup matches, isn't it? I mean, did you did, did you feel that while you were yeah. there? I mean, you were furiously typing yes. away, I'm sure. But, yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I, I was I was very fortunate. I was doing the post game stuff ah. and not actually writing live, ah. so I was able to watch it. It did mean doing the post game stuff with the Argentinians. Who are always the the ones that take the longest to to come through the mix zone, and having having been um, a game that went to extra time and penalties, and then quite a lot of celebration. The recording on my phone of uh, I think it was I can't remember which player it was we were talking to now post game says three ten in the morning. That's <laughs> like oh, great. Wow. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, it was extraordinary, and and the way that Holland, uh, sorry, the Netherlands came back, uh, really not doing very much, and then sort of the confrontational stuff and. And, and and the the just the sort of the wildness of it, that incredible free kick at the end, which is which is just brilliant. The performance from Argentina as well, when when I actually thought Argentina were completely in control of the game mm. and should never have got themselves in that position, and then lost control of the game so dramatically that I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that for about ten minutes they didn't complete more than two passes in a row ever. Mm. They got into their minds that we just need to protect this now. And every time they got the ball, they just hoofed it up the pitch. I'm thinking, you spent the whole game controlling the ball. Mm. And now you're just giving it back to Holland. And, sorry, Netherlands. God, I keep doing this. Giving it back to the Netherlands and just effectively inviting them to boot it back into your penalty area again. Mm. And then you boot it away and then they boot it back. Um, it was extraordinary. Um, and very, yeah, uh, just a... Wow! Yeah. <laughs> just oh, that's wow. good. I've, I've really lost the ability to. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's all right. You said a lot of words over the years. So we'll excuse you if you can occasionally yes. not, not not find the right ones. And then you saw pretty. I mean, Morocco against Portugal was pretty wow for for different reasons, yeah. and it was a it different was. sort of footballing experience. But I think still. Morocco are very very good. I, I I I was I'm slightly frustrated by the discourse that has them down as just a team that parks the bus. I don't think they do. Mm. First of all, I think, to, uh, allow me to go all tactical, uh, which I don't often do, and I'm, and I'm uneasy doing it. You know, the way, the way in Spain, it's become very in fashion now to talk about low block, mid block and high block. Um, low block, I suppose, being parking the bus. Um, and we, there's been a lot of talk about Morocco being super defensive, and it's true that their possession stats are very low. But if you look at where they line up that defence, it's not on the edge of the area, area until those last 10 or 15 minutes when it's nervous, you know, and they're starting, just trying to bail out water. They try and play it a little bit hard. They sort of halfway up the pitch, or halfway up their half of the pitch. They try not to be right in their own penalty area. They do come out very fast and run at you, but it's not, this, it's not that kind of old-fashioned or stereotypical counter-attack of a, a long ball up and a fast guy runs after it. They bring the ball out collectively. They then stampede with three or four men joining. I think the use of the ball in tight spaces to allow them to then get on the run. And we've seen brilliant things from, from, from Bufal, some really good things from Ziyech. Um, Amrabat's been brilliant. And I'm going to call him what Luis Enrique calls him, the number eight. Great. Uh, because Luis Enrique, after the... 
which well, it was after the Spain game, wasn't it? He came out and he came out and said, "Where did you get your number eight from?" He's amazing. Uh, I'm going to try and say his name properly, Unhani, and and he he's been you know really 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 impressive. Uh, I've, I've liked him a lot. There was then a suggestion that he would go to Barcelona. Inevitable, this way the media works. He has a good game. <laughs> Lucien says, "I like your number eight. and then he's in the papers saying Barcelona are going to buy, go and sign Unhani. Anything. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, and he's been absolutely brilliant. I think the two fullbacks have been good to watch. I mean, the last game, Masraoui wasn't even there. And it was, uh, who was it? Atiatala played at left back. And he was good as well. Uh, and then Nisiri, boy, can he jump. That goal. I mean, it wasn't the, the prettiest goal of all time. But if you, if you get, get, see if you can see a, find a photograph of the moment when he connects with it with his head. And, and the Portuguese keeper, who is it? Uh, Diego Costa made a real mess of it. But when he actually connects with his head, he is... He's above the crossbar. It's, it's a I hell of a leap. Two meters ninety, I think. Oh, have um, you actually seen a statistic? Oh, brilliant! I didn't know that. There I'm, is a I'm statistic. Pleased. Oh, yeah, thank I you. Think, I think. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's extremely high. Yeah, and uh, well, we've got Morocco against France tomorrow, and Argentina against Croatia this evening. Uh, pretty, um, pretty exciting set of semi-finals, and unfortunately, England aren't there, Sid. Unfortunately, yeah, they were it pretty good like, as well. Felt like that. Yeah, I felt like they could have done it, but they, uh, you know, glorious failure once again. And it's amazing penalties. England managed to lose on penalties, even when they didn't lose on penalties, even without the game going to penalties. Yes, it was, it was uh, yeah. very, very English, and maybe a little bit Spursy, but you know, I can say that as a Spurs. Fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a shame, a shame. Uh, but we do have, as we said, that's a very interesting France against Morocco. So, um, so let's see. Uh, speaking of France, I think we have to have a word about Antoine Griezmann because bloody hell, what a tournament he's had. I'm not sure we saw this coming. I mean, we know Antoine Griezmann's very, very good. I'm really pleased. I mean, that's the, the, the first thing to say. I'm really, really pleased for him because I think he's a brilliant player who at times, I think, has been a bit overlooked. Um, who I think took, in truth, a bad decision, but an entirely understandable decision to go to Barcelona. I think took the decision a year too late. And, and with all, everything that came with the fact that he didn't take the decision the year before and, and did a documentary called The Decision... Uh, in which he then didn't take one. Um, and, and I think he has, in a way, lost two or three years that, that could have been really, really big years for him and could have been really, really good. But I think this, absolutely, if he, if he was to win another World Cup... You know, this is, we're talking about a team that was finest in the Euros, World Cup winners and potentially another World Cup winner now, um, in which he was, in my opinion, even with all the excitement around Mbappé, the best player in that team... Uh, or, or, or maybe the most significant player in that team in, in each of those he's a player who for a superstar and we've talked about this before I don't think I've seen a superstar whose kind of mindset is quite um, quite so collective as his who does the amount of work that he does I think it's one of the reasons why, that, why Simeone always really liked him because this was a, a striker scoring loads of goals but doing an enormous amount of work um, you know even, even very simple little details like the fact that this was a, a pretty small player winning loads of defensive headers you know, you would see that so often. There was something very impressive about him, and I, I am, I am really, really pleased for him. Um, and I, I think he's a, a brilliant footballer. I think he was someone who should have been talked about more as a potential Ballon d'Or winner in both sixteen and eighteen. Um, and this does feel like a World Cup in which people have have recognised him, as you say, in a different role. And that tells you something about him as well: the intelligence to play that role, the the work rate to play that role, and, and actually maybe the humility as well. Because while Greasy is a bit odd at times and he occasionally has these little sort of personality quirks I don't think there's any doubt that everybody who's worked with him likes working with him he doesn't have the ego 
that a lot of a lot of those kind of players have. Hmm. It's true. It's true, and you can see out on the pitch. You know, he is the ultimate team player, isn't he? He will do whatever the manager yeah. wants of him. Uh, I'm sure he'd rather be playing a little bit further up in the pitch and and you know scoring more goals, but that's not what's required of him at the moment, and he seems pretty happy of it uh, to, uh, to to help out. So yeah, Antoine Griezmann doing extremely well uh, for France at this World Cup. Uh, we're, we're drawing to a close uh, on this podcast. It would be very remiss of us to do a podcast without mentioning something really quite shocking and deeply saddening that, that, that happened. Just a few days ago, it's surreal to uh, be talking about the very sudden, untimely and tragic death of Grant Wall, who is who was a, a very well-known journalist, particularly to our American listeners, of who we have uh, many. I think he touched, he touched a lot of American football fans like very profoundly with his work and with his passion for the game and he clearly instigated and was key to getting a lot of people interested and passionate about about football I didn't know him personally at all I'd, I'd, I'd never met him I'd interacted with him on social media um, when people pass away you often hear um, nice tributes uh, paid to them and I, I knew what a hard-working and, and respected journalist he was, I didn't know how much he'd helped people and a lot of people in the industry coming out and, and just speaking of how helpful and how kind he'd been, like unnecessarily kind he'd been to them uh, throughout their careers and, and helping them. So for me, obviously, in utterly tragic circumstances, to uh, to hear uh, those those stories was um, it was nice. It was nice to hear about someone who you didn't know how nice they were and it, it, it sort of paid tribute to the man that he was I never met him but you you did know him Sid yeah I I, I did know Grant um, I mean there's 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 almost there's almost nothing you can say and, and obviously there's there's absolutely nothing that's remotely adequate that you can say um, or, or even actually you know the, the, the following day it's not just that there's nothing you can say is that you sort of don't know what to think um, you don't know how you're supposed to act um, I I was in a position personally in, in terms of you know the only thing you can do now I suppose is is, is speak to or, or at least contact and, and, and say you're there um, to the to the people who, who were closest to him um, of, of, of our colleagues that are here and, and friends that are here um, and, and I I, I I like the fact that as you've pointed out, that, that one of the words that recurred was was, was kind, um, because you know we talk about all sorts of things uh, with, with with people, and, and and that's probably the most important thing of all, and it, and it sometimes gets overlooked. As a as a journalist, he was very much the first in in the US, and, and I think very much the voice of, of of football for for a long time at a time when maybe football wasn't quite as big, and so I think there's a sense of of community uh, that built around him, a sense of him being someone who projected and supported and defended football at a time when perhaps US media otherwise wasn't doing so, which is, I think, one of the reasons why he became such a big figure, you know, because he was um, almost the only one. Um, the circumstances of the death, the, the, the way in which it happened are just, you know, kind of uh, just too, too shocking for words and, and, and really quite impactful in terms of I think how it made us all feel about what we're doing here 
uh, and, and how we're doing it and, and the kind of the position we, we, we all find ourselves in. And it's, it's just unspeakably horrible. Um, and, 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 you know, there's uh, talking to... Actually, funny enough, talk, well, not funny, that's not the word at all. Strangely enough, um, talking to, to, to people last night um, about it and it, it's just, just, just horrendous. And, and, you know, I suppose we, we sort of talked about this in that, that very glib kind of way that you, the next day, I was being in the media centre the next day and saying, so, so what do we do now? And you, you go to that kind of classic cliche, don't you? Well, what would Grant want to do? Well, Grant would keep doing the World Cup. Um, and it's very, very hard to the, the next day. But, but you know, the, the enthusiasm was always there. The enthusiasm still is there. There's... there's uh, there's uh, four games to go if you include the third, fourth place playoff, and, and and I think for a lot of people now it does feel like just kind of getting to the end of it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, there, there, there aren't there, there aren't really adequate words to say. Yeah, it's just very, very, very tragic. There aren't, there aren't, and it is a, a, a shocking, shocking tragedy. Um, but we couldn't we couldn't do a podcast today without without mentioning. No, that. absolutely, yeah. and, and and you know from a sort of on a, from a personal point of view, there was you know you, you sort of think. What do you do now? What do you say? And you're right. You 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 need to engage with it. You also need to try and maintain the enthusiasm for for, for everything that's going on. And, and 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 yeah, I suppose as you said, one of the ways of looking at it is to, as much as anything else, because if if it provides comfort for and and you know if it provides comfort for his friends and his family that that people are speaking speaking of him and that they're they're if you like underlying how significant he's been and and. Um, and, and you know kind of the impact he's had both, both journalistically and, and in actually within football as well then then that's a good thing and, and, and he he deserves it basically absolutely I think that's um, that's a good way to end uh, the podcast uh, thanks everyone for listening uh, dear amigos we'll be back later on in the week over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP for, for more Spanish football content so make sure you join us there adios cheerio Network.